And there we are. Hey, folks, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Banff Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Lafferty. And here is our contractually obligated intro music. And that assures you, gentle uh, listener, gentle viewer, that you are now ingesting a high-quality, high-production value podcast. The finest farm-to-table geeky conversation for your convention. <laughs> and um, we are very uh, pleased to have with us tonight the president of the Indie Game Developers Network, uh, Jess Geyer. Jess, thank you for joining us. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Oh, it's, it's, it's our pleasure. Uh, co-hosting tonight is special guest Owen Casey-Stevens, who we haven't seen in a while. Owen, good to see you back. Thank you very much. Hi, folks. Howdy. So um, we were talking before show, and I had to say I'm ashamed to say it. I only became aware of the IGDN like about a year ago when I was talking to Craig Campbell. Um, could you tell us a little bit about what the IGDN is and what you guys do? Yeah, for sure. Um, we are the Indie Game Developer Network. We're a group of over 100 small publishers. Not not only small, we have a lot of publishers of various sizes, but indie publishers, game designers, creators from around the world, literally around the world. And we basically pool our resources together to do a lot of cool things like have a presence at conventions, especially Gen Con, which is kind of hard to do for smaller creators that don't have a lot of capital behind them. We also support indie games in general throughout the industry and promote diversity through programs such as our diversity sponsorship, our Metatopia diversity sponsorship. And we do the Indie Groundbreaker Awards as well, which also supports indie games and promotes diversity in our industry. And uh, this was how we got to talking because um, I saw people talking about the, the Groundbreaker Awards on... Um, I can't call it Twitter anymore, can I? Um, yeah, you can. Yeah, call it Twitter. Yeah, call it Twitter. It's it, the, the URL is still twitter.com. It's fine. That, that that's fair. Okay. Um, on that place, people were talking about the Groundbreaker Awards, and I was like, "Well, hey, I this sounds interesting. Who can tell me more?" And they pointed me towards Jess. Um, let me share. We've got a couple of things here that we'll share. Um, uh, the URL, people can see the nominees, and even better, it has links to the games so they can check them out. That's IGDNonline.com, and that's the main website. From there, you can get to where I'm going to tell you, but you go to IGDNonline.com slash groundbreakers, and uh, you can see all the games that are up for awards this year. Now, I had incorrectly thought that you guys um, did these awards at Gen Con, and that is, that is false. You guys do an online award before Gen Con, correct? That's right. Well, we used to present them at Gen Con. We had a special ceremony that we do at Gen Con, but uh, we had the COVID-19 pandemic in 2020, and that's when we went online. Um, I find it to be a little bit more equitable in general because, like I said, we have nominees and and actual members in our organization from all over, and it's not always feasible for, for people to show up uh, in an in-person convention to get an award. Um, so I like that we're doing them online now. Sweet. Um, can you tell me how many years we've been doing this? Yeah, since 2016. Um, that was when the first uh, Groundbreakers was held. And our organization itself is a decade old now. Um, I want to say it was 2013. I did not check my notes on this. My notes are in a different tab here. Um, but uh, it's, a, it's a decade old organization. And then we started these awards in 2016. And I, um, I am chagrined because I thought I was keeping up on everything in the RPG world, but I just became aware of this uh, very recently. So, 
Um, so if I may ask, how is someone nominated for a Groundbreaker Award? Yeah, we go through a process where people are able to submit. It's about a 30-day submission period. So very similar to the Ennies where you self-nominate um, and you send in a copy of your game for our judges. We don't ask for them now. We don't ask for them in a physical copy. We're just looking for a digital copy. Your game has to have been released in the last since the last Groundbreaker Award ceremony, it can't have been a previously nominated game and it has to be available to the public. So all of these creators that you see on the screen and that were on our nominees page, they all submitted. And then we have a panel of judges. Um, the judges are, uh, we do typically three outside of the organization and two inside. We, had a, we have a slightly different panel this year, a slightly different panel makeup this year, but um, those judges themselves go through the nominees, they go through a process, they do a, a decision-making process, which is really up to our judges panel because we don't want to limit what it means to be indie, what it means to be innovative, what it means to have the best art, for example. We want that to kind of be, um, you know, it, it's subjective in a lot of ways um, because it's art. Game, in my opinion, games are you know, they're play, but they're also art. So we want to give our judges the chance to look at these and um, come up with a list together, and then they decide on ownership themselves. So you said you didn't want to define what is indie. Do you have a personal definition for what you see as an indie game? Oh my gosh, that is it's it can be such a controversy when you, when uh -huh. you talk about this. I I usually just say, um, are you Wizards of the Coast? Then you're not indie. But we also have a lot of you know bigger players in the in the room too. Some people wouldn't consider Paizo to be indie. I don't know if I would. Um, there are. I mean, there's like Modifius, there's like, do you consider that indie? Really, um, I think it comes down to self-selection. If you think that you're indie, you are. Um, and, you know, what do they say? Like, I know it when I'll see it. What was that definition? <laughs> I know indie yeah. when I see it. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I do know a couple of these games. Um, Fight to Survive is nominated for a best setting by Mr. James Kerr. And... That is a cool game that emulates uh, 1980s martial arts movies. And I actually yeah. had James on to interview him a while back. And that was, uh, he's an interesting guy. That's a really cool game. I'm glad to see it on there. Um, now, James is actually our membership coordinator at the IGDN. I did not know that. Yeah. Cool. Um, how does, well, this is a good opportunity then. How does one join the IGDN? If someone's yeah. listening and saying to themselves, hey, I'm a game designer, I I'm also indie. I should join a network of like minded folks. How would, how does one do that? Uh, it's not a too difficult process. You would email our mem membership coordinator at membership at igdnonline.com. You'd ask for an application. Um, anyone can apply. If you consider yourself, like if you think you'd be a good fit for the IGDN, you want to join us, send fill out our application. Our application asks you some questions about like, what's your work like in the industry? What do you do? Um, take a look at our diversity statement. Do you agree with it? How does your own work in the industry promote this or support this? Um, we then as members, because we're this full group of a lot of different people, and we want to make sure that the people we welcome into our organization are um, good people to have in our organization in terms of like the the community and culture within our org 
uh, we discuss for a period of 14 days. And within that 14 days, we either accept you or we don't. And once you're accepted, you get a trial membership for about six months. Um, trial, like the full membership is $100 a year. I find that personally worth it because I get to have my games. Like it pays for it just for me to have my games at conventions. Um, but there's a lot of other member benefits as well, including our huge community of friendly people who will help you with questions. Okay. I'm guessing most of the interaction is over Discord. Uh, a lot of it's over Discord, but we also have remnants from the Google Plus era. We have a Google group forum that we discuss uh, in, which a lot of people prefer. We have a Basecamp uh, subscription, so our members also get access to. They can make their own personal Basecamp projects, but we do some communication on Basecamp. But yeah, Discord, I like to use Discord, so that's primarily where I communicate, but we have those three different channels. Okay. But to be clear, uh, non-members who think they're indie can apply for the awards, right? Yes. Um, yeah, you don't have to be a member to be nominated for the award at all. You can be a member. As, as I mentioned, we even have some leadership team members that were nominated for awards, uh, and there's no limit on that. The only limit we have is you can't be a judge. You can't be a current judge and also nominate your game. That seems fair. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I see... A thousand arrows on there too. Um, I want to say under best rules. Yeah, there we go. A thousand arrows. Yeah. We actually had Brennan Taylor on um, several months ago to talk about this game, which I like uh, James Kerr's game. I thought this one was amazing in different ways. Um, you know, this is a uh, 17th century, you know, feudal Japanese warlords uh, game. But uh, yeah, amazing art. Really, really sound like a lot of fun. So I'm happy to see that on there too. So. Yeah, I really liked seeing it in person. The cover is gorgeous. You mind and... if I share that real fast? Oh my gosh! Yeah, feel free. Yeah, Happen to have that up because I was uh, thinking the exact same thing. Um, yeah, he's got a big image here, so it's hard to share. But yeah, just look at that. It's it's beautiful. And yeah, James Mendez Hodes is also a member of our organization. Has been a member for a while. Um, Brennan Taylor is our retail coordinator. <laughs> actually oh, wow. as well um yeah galileo games is is a is a member as as kind of a company together okay cool um is it uh uncouth to ask you would mention benefits where you guys pull your resources you get booths you have a retail outlet for your for your members product uh, at, at a game is that um and i guess i just answered the question i was about to ask so bad journalist mike bad journalist okay um, <laughs> Yeah, so. it, we 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 do all the convention support for our members. I, you don't have to even be present at a convention in order to have your game there and sold and, and promoted. And there's always going to be a friendly face staffing our booth that will say, hey, check this out. You want to do this? Yeah, we have a game for that. Because literally, that's true. If, if there's something you want to do, practically everything we have a game for. And our members are creating new games all the time, like new, amazing, wonderful, exciting indie games. I'm so it always makes me so like excited to see what's in our storage unit and what gets on our tables at, in our booth. Um, and we've also started a, we have a, a line now with ACD distribution. We were represented at the ACD games day. So uh, we're really growing in terms of that, like in, in terms of that regard. Sweet. Um, looking over the nominees and the members you talked about, it seems like I'm guessing you guys probably favor um, independent rule sets. I don't see many publishers who are like doing Savage Worlds or Fifth Ed kind of stuff. 
Yeah, it's not a barrier. If you if you wrote a setting for another game, <laughs> it's not a barrier for you to nominate yourself, especially we have that best setting category. But we do tend, because of the way that our categories work, we do tend to have our nominees come from like independent rule sets rather than this is a module for Savage Worlds or this is a module for Starfinder. Okay, that, that makes sense. Well, this is really exciting stuff. Um, got a second URL to share. Um, once again, uh, IGDNonline.com is the main website. If you put a slash groundbreakers behind that, you'll go to uh, the page we've been sharing. But uh, this is the Discord URL where the actual ceremony is going to happen. And that's coming up super soon, right? Yeah, that's coming up on Saturday, July 29th at 9 p.m. Eastern. We're actually holding that on a special Discord server that we've been using. It's a really fun event. We have different parlors set up in the Discord so you can mingle within different rooms in smaller groups. Then we all watch the announcements video live together and we get to chat about it. You get to meet the nominees who show up, the judges, talk to other people. Um, talk to other game designers, game lovers. It's one of my favorite events of the whole year. All right, cool, cool. Um, and that was Friday? Uh, Saturday. Saturday. Saturday, all right, forgive me. Yeah, time um, doesn't exist for me right now. <laughs> fair enough. Um, I'm so, debating, oh, go ahead, sorry, one. So obviously, uh, if someone wants to look at a whole new slew of games, right, the, the nominees is a, a great place to go to look for games you might not have heard of, games that, mm -hmm. that are, are being considered by a, a informed group to be particularly good. Um, and I presume that would apply to past years as well. Is there a place someone can look at what the winners and nominees of past years for the award is? Yes, I love that you asked that. We, If you scroll all the way down to that page on our lovely Squarespace page, there is a link that says, see previous winners here. And you click there and you get to see everybody from since 2016. I think that we might actually be missing a year. Um, and that's probably because we just didn't do the editing around that website. <laughs> I'm, I'm not a website editor. Um, and there's we have a we have a a lot of stuff on our um, website, uh, but I believe that everybody everybody should be on there from 2016 on. Yeah, now, yeah. because it's been so long, some of those links might not be working anymore. Um, but you can always look up the game uh, sure. on your own as well. Oh, I Tristan Zimmerman, Shanty Hunters. Yes, I, I had him on the show uh, last year to talk about that. Oh my God! Oh, and have you heard about this game? Oh uh, no, no, I don't know that one. Jess, do you want to describe it or should I? Sure. Yeah, I can describe it. Shaney Hunters is a gumshoe system game where you are on a ship. Um, it's very historical. Tristan Zimmerman um, has a blog that um, goes into different historical events, people, places, and tells you, like, how could you add them to your game? And you can really see, like, his love of history shine in Shanty Hunters. So it's real shanties, and then you go out and you you hunt for them, and as you s literally sing them at the table, the events in the shanties start happening. You have to deal with that as your problem. Uh, uh, amazing game. Really, like, the history, the the just the passion for that is in there. Um, and there's also a new zine, a new edition um, called Ballad Hunters, which is based on the child ballads. Um, oh. I, think, I think all of them are the child ballads. I might be wrong on that, but it's like this really cool, you can get it at our Gen Con booth, Gen Con booth 132, if you come visit us uh, next week. Um, but uh, it has like some tear and play pages in there, very cool design, but we will also have Shanty Hunters. Yeah, it's a very specific niche. I mean, uh, supernatural sea-based investigation. 
in you know years gone by, but it, uh, it just seemed really really cool. And it's his blog is if you just search for Molten Sulfur blog, you can find it. And Tristan's an amazing dude, uh, great love of history, and he often writes articles about hey, here's this quirky thing that happened in history, and here's how this would be an interesting <laughs> RPG hook, and uh, it's really fun content. And you yeah, can it's also so cool. yeah, you can also follow him on that website that we are calling Twitter, but that some other people who own it don't think should call Twitter <laughs> anymore. But, uh, well, that is really cool. Yeah, so you scroll down there, and I'm looking at the nominees for 2022 right now. And, uh, yeah, there's all kinds of stuff you can find. It's And here's the win winners for 2022. And all previous award winners, okay, the link at the very bottom. Like you very, said, very bottom. <laughs> okay, cool. And um, I wish, I love this title, If I Were a Lich Man. That's, uh, yeah. That yeah. But, I mean, one of the, one of the ongoing problems that uh, small publishers, regardless of what they're trying to publish, have is how do I get the word out about my game? How do I advertise? How do I put physical copies in people's hands? Um, regardless of what kind of games you're doing, right? Whether you consider yourself indie or not. And certainly for, for there to be an organization that helps with those things, I think is, is both very important um, and very itself under-advertised, right? It's, it's it, like you said, Mike, you didn't know these people existed until until fairly recently uh, and that was through you know nerd burger so uh, i i am i am really happy that there are specific events that we can point to hey here are the ads here's the the awards here's the list of past years because it can be very difficult to get people to be excited about and even aware of games outside of uh the deepest fastest current of the mainstream and i i've had a lot of fun with indie games i i, I like mainstream games as well i i create them but uh, i think it is super exciting when you can bring people together and say hey we're random example we're we're gonna play a game about church mice trying to defend the church against the invasion of satanist roaches right that is a very specific idea but there there are games like that and whatever other concept you can think of that can really give you a change of pace and can be a better match for people who don't like the mainstream games for whatever reason be that rules or setting or or they feel it is too uh based in and the stories of colonialism or or whatever uh that there are other options and that the the hobby stretches so much further than the concepts of the biggest best known companies you know i, I have a i have a name for your proposed game there owen yeah the Mesian council oh my god <laughs> Goodness. I'm sorry. I feel bad. I, oh I... <laughs> no! See, that's that's so good. Now I want to make it. Wow. See, puns puns are the pillar on which indie games are designed. So, you're right. You're halfway there already. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I'm glad that you you mentioned that we are really under advertised, and I think that's true a lot in indie games in general there's a lot of space taken up by the by the mainstream bigger companies like sometimes literal physical space on bookshelves at the conventions uh and it can be it is really difficult for smaller creators to get their voices out there i have i've seen like a lot of our members games get nominated and even awarded for ennies for example and that's always very excited and i see a trend with like a little bit more recognition for indie games because when i say indie i'm not saying like low quality underproduced games there are some absolutely gorgeous very well produced games i was just looking at um one of the nominees this year uh was saltfish and almanacs a beautifully produced game from the story brewers collective um 
just amazing like card production and art and there's a lot of creators that put a lot of passion into it and it's sad when they don't get the spotlight that they deserve and that's one of the things that we hope to do with the indie groundbreaker awards it's also something we hope to do with the diversity sponsorship to get people who have a lot more barriers than even even me um get people who have barriers and give them a leg up and mentorship and give them an avenue with which to promote their games and and give them financial support as well to do what they want to do with those uh with their games um and yeah it's so funny too though uh mike you were talking like every person you've mentioned um from this list of games also igdm members it's not all igdm members on this list of nominees <laughs> but every single one you talked about they're all awesome members of our org I just randomly happened to interview those folks. Yeah. But um, yeah, especially in recent years, switching back to the Emmys, sorry, awkward transition. Oh, um, yeah, Grant Howitt, uh, who, if there's, I, he's indie guy. I mean, he yeah. wrote uh, Honey Heist. Uh, he, run, he won at least four Emmys um, yeah. for, I want to say, Heart. And here's a picture of him wearing um, all four of those Emmys on uh, the set that we don't call Twitter anymore. Um, but yeah, so it's, you know, indie games and uh, in fairness, it might be because, you know, there's been a lot of streaming happening during COVID and after COVID and maybe some of them get more visibility. But uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's definitely, there's more awareness than there used to be, but there should be a lot more because God damn it, they're good enough. They're fun. I mean, they should be, you know, more widely known. Well, the, the industry itself is, is relatively new. Like what, 1970s is not that long ago. It's, it, it's really not. And just the fact that we we have social media we have we have places that we can share these more often it is of course and get more eyes and and ears and and people playing the games people playing them at their tables having them on their bookshelves and i think a lot of like a lot of people who are just getting into the hobby um are drawn to other types of games when they know that there is something else now i love playing dungeons and dragons it, don't get me wrong i think i a lot of people do. Um, but I also love to be able to like pull off. Uh, I like to sit down and play for a couple of hours. Like women are werewolves with friends and, and investigate themes that you wouldn't get necessarily in a mainstream game because it's not as quote unquote marketable because it deals with, for example, when women are werewolves deals with um, what it means to be non-binary or queer in a society that's very binary. That's maybe not something that a mainstream com company would want to bet on with their games, but an indie company, they're gonna, they're able to get that kind of niche market, and and get that out to people. And I think that's great. Yeah, I guess it's uh, in a strange way, it's analogous to sort of you know interesting art house cinema. Yeah, it's <laughs> amazing stuff happening, but you know then the, the multiplex down by the mall is gonna be all you know Star Wars and Fast and Furious and you know Marvel. So it's, but every it's cool. once in a while, every once in a while, one of those becomes a huge hit and mm -hmm. everyone talks about it and people recognize it for the amazing, wonderful thing that it is. Yeah. You get a guy, Richie, who breaks out, that kind of thing. So, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm just, I've mentioned this to Craig and it's, it's one of those offers that's really hard to take me up on because it would require a huge amount of work. But if you guys wanted to ever have a platform um, for doing actual plays or demo sessions online, I would. I would be thrilled to help out in that or host them on a podcast or anything along those lines. That would be so wonderful. I will definitely bring that up with our members. That that would be amazing. The more the more people that we can get being partners with us, the better. Well, and actual plays that hop from indie to indie, especially when you're talking about Women or Werewolves being able to be played in two hours, right? Uh, mm -hmm. 
being able to to show people how some of these things work can often be the the very best way to get people excited. Yeah. Um, Jess, if I can ask, you've mentioned the diversity initiative a couple times. If someone uh, was interested in either uh, applying for that so that they can benefit from it or helping with it, uh, how would they contact you for, for either of those roles? The best person to contact would be our diversity coordinator, whose name is Joyce Ching. They are available at diversity at IGDNonline.com. You can also email me. My email is president at IGDNonline.com. Awesome. Awesome. Well, it has been a real pleasure talking to you. Um, yeah. Did you have any final thoughts before we wrap things up tonight? Um, no, I just want to say I'm, I am so, so stoked to see all of our nominees. We had way more nominees than I, or not nominees, um, applicants than I expected. Uh, <laughs> coming in, it was, it made for a little bit more work than maybe our judges were planning on initial, initially. But I think as someone who didn't have to do all the labor of reading all through all these games, I think that's awesome. Send in more games. And it's, it's really astonishing to see the the way people design games in ways that I had never even thought to imagine before and seeing people from so many different places in their careers as a game designer or literal places in the world, um, submit these games and get passionate about that. So, um, thank you to all of the applicants. Congratulations to all the nominees. And I hope to see you on Saturday at 9 PM Eastern on our discord for the Indie Grand Break Awards to figure out who the winners are. And uh, that Discord link will be in the show notes. And I would say it out loud, but it is a little complicated with a long string of letters. Discord.gg, capital Z, B, C, capital W, D, 8, capital W, Y. Thank you, Owen Stevens. I appreciate that, <laughs> sir. Owen, did you have any closing thoughts, questions, comments before we wrap things up? Um, I know that a lot of people uh, are, are dismissive of the very concept of indie games, and I wish they wouldn't be. Um, indie games aren't trying to take anything away from you. They're not trying to destroy any of the games you want. They are different opportunities and different places to start, and I believe that they are a truly important and beautiful and growing part of the game industry. I think games are important. I think indie games are important, and I'm, I'm really delighted to see an organization uh, support them, boost them, help grow them, and give awards for them. All right. On that happy note, uh, thanks, Jess. Thanks, Owen. Um, thanks, everybody, who uh, stopped by to check us out tonight, and we'll see you next time on the Vamp Podcast. Bye, folks. <laughs>